0: Well, hello everyone. Uh, My name is Michelle Young and I'm here with Xenia today on Heartfelt Consciousness, a podcast by My Vinyasa Practice. And we're excited to have Xenia here to talk a little bit about some projects that are in the works and how she uh, fell in love with yoga and how it's changed her life. Thank you so much for joining us, Xenia. It's so good to see you. Oh,
1: it's absolutely an honor to be here. Thanks for the invitation. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, Xenia. Well, as we you know sort of embark on this conversation, I'd love to find out a little bit more about what got you into the practice of yoga.
1: Well, as I was 26 years old, and uh, this was back in the late '90s, and I really needed to find something to do for my very inactive body. I was actually uh, tying my shoelaces and my fiance at the time noticed that I was having trouble reaching my toes. So he suggested that maybe I try doing some physical activity because I just really hadn't been at all. And so I tried walking, but you know, this Texas heat, it, the heat just kills. Right. And I even bought a bike and then I just never ended up using it. And I didn't like going to the gym. The AC was, was just blasting too much and I didn't like all the machinery around and the, and the, um, mirrors and then we had a friend who just one day said hey you know you should check out this guy there's something about him it's a little weird he was teaching out of his house now he's opened up a studio I'd never even heard of yoga before so my husband went with me just to kind of support me and I went in there and we did these exercises for maybe about a minute we did it on a carpeted floor it was air-conditioned And there was rest in between exercises. And I was like, I'm hooked. This is the kind of physical activity that I need. Because then we had a long layout at the end with the gong playing in the background. And I just said, you know, I don't really know what this is about, but I'm going to come back and just kind of see. So I came back the next time and did something else and, I was sore the next day. And, it, you know, and I asked the teacher the next time I saw him, I said, how long were we here? How long do we do these exercises? Oh, about a minute. And I was like, okay, it's doing something physical for me. So it must be what it is. But I really didn't um, get the fullness of what yoga was about until many years later. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't until 2003 when I started doing the teacher training. But, you know, there was something about it that made me kept going back. And I was able to reach my toes. It took three years, but I was able to reach my toes. So there were so many different things that occurred with that whole process. Because when I was 26, I was walking into that yoga class with 14 years of chronic pain.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I had this pain that ran along my neck and shoulder for all those years. And I was always told, oh, just take some Advil. That was really all I was told by my Western doctor, Western medic- medicine doctor. And so that's what I did. And I just stayed with it and dealt with the pain. But as I started going to these classes, I noticed that after six months of just going once or twice a week, that my pain had become intermittent it wasn't happening every day, all day long anymore. And after about a year, the pain was gone. And that was truly a miracle. And I finally figured out what it was because there was enough lag time in between me taking the classes. And there were times when it was, you know, two weeks before I could take my next class. I realized after I finished that class, I didn't have any pain. And then I would wait two weeks and the pain would come back. I'd go to class and the pain would go away. So I realized that there was a relationship between the pain and the yoga, but I still didn't quite get it. Not until I was really in teacher training. And even then I felt like everybody was just talking over my head. I had no idea because I really wasn't looking for the energetics, the esoteric, the spiritual That just came when I started practicing every single day. And that was really the hook was the physical practice and the pain going away. And then just discovering little changes along the way. I was a super, super angry person before I started doing yoga. You know, I'd worked in a kitchen. I was a manager at a a hotel restaurant. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but they spew out curse words left and right in the restaurant world and so i was starting to pick up on that but i was angry all the time i you know had an upbringing in which you know being number one having that type a personality was always at the forefront and my parents really pushed that on me so there was a lot of pressure and the need for approval and and really when I started doing the yoga, I noticed that I wasn't cursing as much anymore. And I wasn't getting as angry at people anymore. You know, it's like when you're driving down the highway and somebody cuts you off or they do something that just would throw you into a tizzy basically. And I used to get so angry. And then one day, just one day out of the blue, someone does that to me and I go, I really hope that they're okay. I hope that there isn't an emergency that they're running to. And I just kind of sent a little energetic message out to them without really knowing what I had just done. And then I thought, whoa, when have I ever done that? And I had to attribute that to the yoga because all my relationships started changing and everything started to become smoother and much more uh, tolerable you know when I was teaching or training employees at my work I used to get so impatient like why couldn't they get it and then I and then it. when I started doing the yoga that dialogue I had with myself changed instead of asking why couldn't they get it I said how am I not communicating this how can I communicate this more effectively? So rather than pointing the blame at somebody's un- inability to understand, I was actually looking at myself to create more understanding. So it was, it was years and years, but that's really what led me to teaching and led me to staying on the path of teaching.
0: I love it, Xenia. I think, you know, the pain management piece is huge. And some, you know, professionals in the industry, some doctors, you know, physical therapists, et cetera, recognize that benefit. But, you know, I can totally relate. Before I started doing yoga every day, I had three kids. I was schlepping stuff in and out of the car. I was constantly feeling like I strained my back. I pulled something, you know, I was fatigued. I was, you know, locked long, tight in the front, and just the movement and the breath awareness, I think, is so transformative when it comes to sensations in the body. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because it is such an important, it's important to note, you know, that just the power of yoga, obviously on the mind body connection, but just even alone on the physical body, just to create ease and comfort. And that's really oh,
1: Absolutely. And you know, I grew up uh, within the Catholic faith. I went to a Catholic school from my kindergarten up until my senior year in high school, but I never really got what I was supposed to get out of that particular religion. And I never felt a connection to God or to anything greater than myself. In fact, I was basically mimicking what everybody else was doing in the congregation or in mass or in chapel. And but I, I really wasn't, I never really got it. And it wasn't until I started doing the practice on a daily basis and started really going even deeper than just the physical aspect of yoga, moving more towards the meditative aspects, did I start to connect with something absolutely greater than myself, but it was within myself. And that was a huge piece of understanding that I had never gotten before. And it was always some external force. And what I loved about yoga was it really brought me inwards, but it also gave me the power to say that everything was okay, to positively reinforce instead of continuously um, having negative reinforcement, which is also part of the Asian culture in which I was brought up. Negative reinforcement was what was supposed to be the drive to pull you out of and overcome. But unfortunately, my personality actually accepted it and uh, believed what everybody said. So instead of me overcoming, I actually just powered, you know, and with the yoga, it's there's this belief in this original blessing in this original goodness and i'd never really focused on that before and so once i started to connect to that in in my meditation practice and and see it just a little bit more clearly with each practice then it really just transformed my entire life and i was able to just realize that you know there's no way that I ha- I can keep this to myself. I mean, when I took my first teacher training, I never intended on teaching. It was just to deepen my practice, but to deepen it in a way to help me go into deeper postures. It never occurred to me that there was a mental component and a spiritual component because I never got it out of a religious, you know, um, path. But I got something even more out of this path. And so it was just a really beautiful journey. And, you know, yoga helped me kick all my habits, all of them. So it was really wonderful to to go from that, you know, party mode that I was in from when I was caught in college and then be able to just transform into something that I was really meant to be today, you know.
0: I think that's beautiful and I love that you brought up like that original wholeness because I think, you know, ultimately the root of suffering in our society is this misperception of lack or this misperception of separation from that which I'm desiring or I'm seeking and when we realize, we recognize that that actually is our nature, that what we're seeking is really within, I think it's a game changer. It it just creates so much space for that healing and the reconciliation that comes with oh well you know I don't need this particular thing to go to bed and I don't need this to make me happy and I don't need you know so really I used to tell my teacher things just keep falling away you know it's like yes. they just aren't it's not necessary anymore mm-hmm. yeah beautiful so tell me a little bit about how it went from personal practice to profession so you said initially you didn't have any real desire to teach and you know I I can totally empathize with you I know a lot of our listeners can as well what changed and how does yoga influence your professional endeavors now
1: so I worked in the dental industry for 20 years. My husband was a dentist and I helped him run his dental office. And pretty much all most of that time period, I spent all my weekends doing teacher trainings or trainings of some sort, taking all different kinds of workshops. And what I discovered is that the yoga really changed my personal life. It it made the stress much more tolerable. It gave me energy that I didn't have before I started. There were techniques that I learned that was able to have me extend my day so that I could do the work that needed to be completed. I had much more clarity, I had much more focus. And so I continued to do these teacher trainings and workshops and events uh, continuously, even though I was working maybe 50 hours a week. anywhere in between 50 and more, (laughs) you know, for, for years. And, and when my husband finally sold his dental practice, I was like, I just want to focus in on teaching, on teaching and teaching students to become teachers. You know, it was more of a desire to help change people's lives. And it did start when I was in dentistry. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. But until my full-time job that supported my hobby of yoga um, was going to be done and completed, there really wasn't any way for me to go forward. But when my husband finally retired, I decided that this was where I wanted to go, that I could really reach and impact many more people by going out and teaching more. And and what I want people to understand is that life isn't as bad as they think it is. And it doesn't have to be in the trajectory that it is now that may be negative, right? And, And the yoga is what taught me that with techniques and with the ability to go inward and the ability to tap into the energy, that life is much more tolerable that we can be at peace with each other, that we can still be active and yet have a sense of centeredness and wholeness all the while we're doing the things that we need to do to accomplish in this life. Mm -hmm. And to, to be able to see someone move into that state of peace and centeredness, that. That's really all I want. I want people to just have their own experience to get there. And I hope that, you know, with the teachings that I provide, whether it's a kundalini class or a vinyasa class or a kundinyasa class, which is a blend of the two, that I can bring that into people's lives. And, you know, in the, the whole time I did kundalini yoga, I was doing either ashtanga or vinyasa, Because the reason was, I didn't feel like I was getting enough physical activity just by doing kundalini yoga alone. You know, there was definitely a physical component to it. There were definitely challenges to it. But what I noticed is that the people who could keep their arms up in a kundalini class for 11 minutes, people in a vinyasa class couldn't do it for 30 seconds. And, and I realized that there was a different system that was being used where kundalini yoga perhaps focused a little bit more on the nervous system. Maybe vinyasa practice worked a little bit more on the musculoskeletal system. And so I still needed both. I couldn't and I tried. I just tried doing ashtanga and it really brought me out of balance. I just tried doing kundalini and I felt something was missing. And so I felt like practicing the two really helped bring more of a wholeness to me. And so what I realized is, okay, vinyasa is missing a component and it's missing all the meditation and the pranayama work, not just awareness, but actual choosing our stressors and choosing to engage in them and although there that, that choice is there in a vinyasa class cuz definitely those physical postures can be super challenging and so is the balance but there was just something that i just wasn't getting out of that vinyasa and you know in this day and age people need more time and so i figured if we could blend kundalini and vinyasa together not only would they get the physical practice but they can also get that internal practice and look inside and then have more of a wholeness and groundedness in an expansive state by the end of class and that's really why i ended up bringing kundalini and vinyasa together in a kundinyasa class <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. it's so creative. And I, I totally agree with you. There aren't a lot of teachers that focus on the nervous system in a vinyasa class. Most of the focus is on the physical posture, the physical asana. And so I think bringing them together, because there certainly is room for that in a vinyasa class. I just don't know that we oftentimes explore that, you know, in traditional trainings. So, tell me a little bit about how this is shaping your, your professional endeavors now and the content that you're creating, you're blending Kundalini and Vinyasa. What does that look like? And what can students expect if they decide to explore, let's say, for example, the yoga teacher training you have coming up in June with MVP in South Austin?
1: Yes, and I'm super excited about that because this is a very unique offering. I don't know that there's anything in this area available in which there is a blend of kundalini and vinyasa. It's always been taboo to do this kind of blend, but I'm going to break those molds and bring this in. And, and so a kundanyasa class is mostly a vinyasa class. So you'll you'll be familiar, if you're familiar with vinyasa, you'll be familiar with the practice of the vinyasa. There's just kundalini elements that are brought in. For instance, we may start with some pranayama or breath work type um, that, that helps to bring about a centeredness and into the present moment. And that way we get to be there right there on the mat doing our practice. There are um, sound components to it. For instance, we might chant. And I you know, for me, those are more like vibrations of, of a reminder to the universe, right? There's the sound that the universe makes and the name of the universe. And so we create these sounds to help kind of mimic this effect in the body of what the sound of the universe is like. So we'll open, you know, with the kundalini mantra of om namo, gurudev namo. And then we'll do this practice. And sometimes there will be these short kriyas inserted into a vinyasa practice. So kundalini uses kriyas or these prescribed exercises. All the kriyas in kundalini yoga are actually pre-written. They are not to be changed. They're just to be followed in and. And there are times when you can insert a short kriya into a vinyasa practice, you know, because there are times when a kundalini kriya, its second pose is a huge backbend. And, and a vinyasa class can actually prepare the body to do that particular pose, even though it's the second pose of the kriya. But in a vinyasa class, it might be the 20th. And so it really creates an opening for the body to do this kundalini practice. And then once we do that, then we'll move into either a shavasana or uh, which is just deep relaxation, maybe about six to eight minutes with the gong. And so that you can start to really imbue the sound of the universe through the body. And the beauty about the gong is that it's when someone's playing it, it's like someone's meditating for you, but all you have to do is just lay there and accept it and accept the waves of sound as it releases what no longer serves you out of your body. And then we may get up from that practice and do a meditation, or we might do the meditation beforehand, but it all brings everything together. All the eight limbs, the of of yoga is brought together the yamas the niyamas the asana the pranayama the pratyahara and then you know the practice of of sitting really gives us an opportunity to achieve dhyana dhyana and samadhi now it may not happen in one class and it may not happen in this lifetime but we have that opportunity in this you know 60 minute to 75 minute class so mm super exciting to be offering something like this, that people can basically get their physical practice and their mental practice all at the same time.
0: I love it. I love, you know, I really love giving students the opportunity to feel what it feels like to be in that state of being um, and without being tethered to the thinking mind, the doing mind. And it sounds like Kundinyasana gives students the opportunity to really drop out of that thinking mind because it's not something that, you know, it doesn't sound like it's as um, predictable. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. As a regular, you know, Vinyasa class, which you, after you go to the same teacher a few times, you're like, I know what's coming. I know what's, yeah. but this definitely gives you a little bit of of a, an opportunity to take pause. I'm really excited, um, about you sharing this with the community. That's going to be great. And I think, you know, going back to sort of like, um, the old way of thinking, I think that maybe, you know, there were some misunderstandings, you know, when you look at Tantra yoga, Leia yoga, which is, you know, a, a sort of a, a branch or, you know, Kundalini sort of was, uh, derived from the that sort of concept of mantra meditation kriya internal practice for involution you know that was one of the many practices that were incorporated in tantric sadhana you know so to to bring in multiple different types of practices i think really speaks to the traditional um foundational principles of like yeah it takes a village of practices for us to really get embodied in our experience and one practice is not really going to do it for most people most people need many different types of you know stimulation and relaxation to get Mm -hmm. there
1: yes and i do believe that you do need a variety of modalities for your own healing process you know, it's just like in Western medicine. You know, we might go to the doctor for one thing, and they are dealing with that thing. But then there are other other issues that we want to work with. For instance, I broke my foot. You know, about two and a half months ago, three months ago, and you know, the my foot doctor was mostly focused on the bone, but then my acupuncturist was able to open up flows of energy to help circulation to occur and then we needed i needed another body practitioner like a massage therapist to help work out a lot of the soft tissue that had been you know traumatized in that break and so it really takes several different practices and modalities to be able to create that wholeness and i think you know if we just look at it from one angle we're missing out on so many other opportunities of growth and healing and learning and becoming who we're meant to be.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Well, and that just leads me to the description for the Kundanyasana training. It says, You know, kundanyasana is a blend of kundalini yoga and vinyasa with a focus on energy and meditation. What happens on the yoga mat is a metaphor for life. The challenges encountered in practice mirror the stressors of daily life. With the knowledge imparted in this training, you will learn to work through obstacles, open your practice, and find connection to your true self. And I, I think that that is just so poignant. Um, and I think it speaks to a lot of people. and i'm I'm really excited. Uh, for you to facilitate this. Now, you're going to be facilitating this with Ana Pilar, and the two of you are going to be facilitating it South. Now, we are, for those of you listening who didn't know, we are in the process of building out our second studio on South Congress. And so we anticipate we will be hosting this training at that location on South Congress and Slaughter. Um, So tell me a little bit about, like, the influential people that have, you know, helped you along the way that have really facilitated your journey and I know that you know sometimes we talk about teachers but you know I think what I'm gathering from your philosophy the more I know you the more I connect with you is really you know the teacher is not everything there's not one particular individual that you know really resonates with you but the opportunity to grow from all experiences all relationships you know all of the the lived um experience is is really the teacher. What would you say about that?
1: Oh, I completely agree with you. That is absolutely how I feel. You know, there is every teacher that I've ever gone to shows up when I teach. There may be a word or a phrase that they use or something that they did that I've incorporated into how I teach. And then when I observe students and student teachers, they are the biggest teachers. They help inform my teaching as I teach, you know. And, and really, I've I've done so many teacher trainings uh, since two thousand and eight. I started doing teacher trainings then, and every single time, I am just floored by all the wisdom that actually comes. You know, the only reason why I'm even a teacher and standing before other people is probably only because I know a little bit more than they did or do. And it's only because I've studied it longer. It's only because I've practiced a little bit more and maybe read a few more books than they did. But they're the ones that are really creating who I am. You know, I learn from every single situation. And, you know, there are many teachers that are part of my, my past and, and uh, what has brought me to what I am today. But it's the interaction with the students, thousands and thousands of students that have really allowed me to see, hey, you know, I got to teach this this way, because they brought up a really good point that I never thought about or I'm gonna do it this way because that was a perspective that I had never really entertained before. And so it's through their experience that drives me to create an experience for them. And that's just it. Every single one of our paths are so individual that we really just need to have that opportunity of an experience to follow it, to be able to hear it and to listen to it. And I am thankful for everyone. I'm mostly thankful for my husband who basically went with me to my very first class and only endured it because I needed support. But then he became a yogi too. And so it's all good. (laughs) But he, everyone's been inspiring to me. Everything that they go through and everything that they do, it's just a wonderful thing to witness.
0: I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think that you know, there is a desire uh, for human beings to be in community and to be connected. And I think sometimes that there's a misunderstanding around that connection that leads to attachment. But when we really are embodied in practice, we, we do, we start to see everything, even the things that we perceive as not really palatable or, you know, things that we thought maybe, oh, that was a horrible experience, but that too is a teacher. You know, everything really does bring us back to ourself and, and back to the, the truth of who we are especially when we are, you know, on this, this yogic journey. So I, I, I've always resonated with you, but definitely that resonates the most with me and, um, you know, helps to keep me grounded too, because I, again, I think that there is a tendency to want to be in community. And sometimes that leads to, you know, uh, like perpetuating our own insecurities and limiting beliefs you know, oh, I can't be that which I love or I seek, but actually know you are that. So yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great. Well. For all of those listening, if you're interested in the Kundinyasana training, please do check out our website. This round, we will be doing it in person only, um, but we are looking at uh, options for hybrid models moving forward in the future. Registration is currently open and spaces are limited, so check out our uh, website uh, underneath uh, Yoga Teacher Trainings on online and you can uh, read more about it, read more about Xenia, find out the schedule and uh, see if it works for you. Thanks again, Xenia, for making time for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for
1: having me. This was wonderful. It's beautiful to see your beautiful face.
0: Oh, I appreciate you so much, Senya. Um, it is it is really really remarkable. I was actually having um, a chat with another yogi in the community this morning, and you know we're just so blessed here in Austin to be in such a collaborative space where people want to you know work together and and have that collaborative energy. So I just want to keep fostering that among the the different teachers in the community so that we can all sort of you know, rise together. So thank you again for being part of it, Xenia.
1: Absolutely. Thank you,
0: Michelle. Appreciate you.